Hello, this is Darren Pulsifer, Chief Solution Architect of Public Sector at Intel. And welcome to Embracing Digital Transformation, where we investigate effective change leveraging people, process, and technology. On today's episode, Modern Data Governance with Matt Carroll, CEO of Amuda. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, Intel, we've been doing some work with Amuda for some time. When I heard about um, your story and, and what it does, I said, we've got to get Amuda, we've got to get the CEO on the phone, talk to him, let's, let's get him on the show. So we finally got you. I know you've been swamped. That's what startups are all about, is being swamped. So welcome to the show, Matt. And tell me a little bit about why you're doing what you're doing. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, we obviously love our relationship with Intel, um, you know, from gosh, I would say, you know, the past five, six years that we've been doing this, uh, you know, we've seen the whole compute infrastructure layer just change right in front of us. Right. Um, and that's really the nexus of our story. That's why we're here is um, as all of these corporations or organizations uh, migrate to the cloud, what we've come to realize quite quickly is, is the way we think about data and the way we think about using data is completely changing. Um, the performance we need, the scale we need, the amount of users that want to access the data, the amount of users want to combine data has uh, just increased uh, exponentially. Um, and so like anything else in all these environments, so have the rules of using data. And um, to, to manage that at scale is, is not trivial. And at the core of Amuda, that, that's what we're doing, right? Is how do you not just scale your data? It's not about big data anymore. Um, it's about how do I uh, scale my data operations, which is a fleet of people using data. And we're just trying to help be a part of that. So it's really interesting how you brought up, we're changing the way that we're interacting with data. There's lots more roles than there were before. because. I, my first gut when I heard about oh, data governance and things like that was what we already have permissions, we already have access control, authorization. Come on, AAA security has been around forever and you're going to just add another layer on top? What's the deal here? It just sounded like a, a, a solution chasing a problem when I first heard about it. But then I got schooled. By, by your team, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot more lawyers now, so. Yeah, um, there you, you know, go. <laughs> uh, but, you know, in, in reality, if you look at it, like what's happening is this. We, I think in Silicon Valley, they would say, oh, we're democratizing access to data. Um, I don't think that's it, right? That's, if I gave you a boatload of data, you wouldn't really know what to do with it, right? Um, previous, you know, exercises, and if you look at, we went from warehousing, which, I think everyone was totally fine with. Um, then we threw Hadoop at people and they were like, that's the right thing to do. And it was pretty complex and not very economically sustainable. And now we're back to warehousing again. And I think what's happened over time though is we've rethought the paradigm of warehousing. Before it was, hey, we have these data models and we have our data teams that are in silos and they build data products that would deliver to a business unit, right? And so you'd kind of have each business unit would have their appropriate data teams that would go deliver some sort of quality service to them. Um, now, where, where that's changing now though, is uh, all of a sudden we want anyone to be able to combine 
data across the enterprise, right? So all these new users from really data savvy people to business analysts, to data scientists, to data engineers. I think everyone just added data into their title now and um, <laughs> they somehow use it. So it's, it's changed the number of users, but the most important thing, it's not about search or applications. It's about transform and data pipelines. And that is the difference is that requires a different quality of service. It requires a different uptime. It requires um, a level of sophistication of policy that never existed before. So do you, do you think that, because you joked about the lawyers a little bit, but that's even adding more complexity, right? Privacy laws and classification of data, that's been thrown into the mix as well. So yep. It, that's just making the whole data governments go governance uh, more complex. Is that really your sweet spot where, hey, we make that complexity a little more manageable or? It's all about scale, right? So like our piece of it is at the core, if you think about what we're trying to do is, is you're trying to make it so any user could potentially combine any data set, internal, external to your company or organization, combine it and get some insight, right? Um, where we fit in and like we're a big believer in this is, is that just like we had to separate compute from storage and big data to scale for petabytes, you know, uh, scale queries, um, we need to separate policy from platform to be able to scale policy for all these new users and all these different combinations of data. And so what we learned, one, from so many lawyers around us when we all worked in the U.S. government and the the intelligence community loves their lawyers, um, was, gosh, there's to make queries perform, because the one thing we learned is this, security, privacy, governance, it's great, but if you can't perform, no one's happy, right? It's got to work fast. So to perform and support, gosh, I don't know how many use cases from different, what I would say, levels of technologists from, you know, Excel jockeys to you know, advanced machine learning algorithms, you need to be able to separate out that policy from the core platform because there's going to be a lot of different platforms. As we go away from, like I talked about these kind of siloed data engineering workflows to any user being able to hit a lake, a warehouse, or these data exchanges, it completely changed the paradigm and complexity and scale of these, these uh, data environments. So you've separated the access policy from the actual technology itself, right? I mean, That's from, from you know, whatever technology they're using, like you said, Excel spreadsheets or Hadoop clusters or whatever it is. So normally when we do abstraction, there's always a performance hit, almost yeah. always, right? Correct. So are you seeing that performance hit too? I mean, I'm guessing when you guys first did this, it was probably dog slow would be my guess. Yeah, we, we a lot of lessons learned there, right? So um, the first major lesson that we learned was you can't proxy it, right? So like, as you try, like if you look at like Databricks or Snowflake or Redshift or, or uh, Starburst, right? They all distribute these queries in their way, right? But like at the end of the day, what we've realized is if you try to proxy it and you try to move petabytes of data through a straw, like, hey, call me. Tell me you now become about. the bottleneck. Yeah, we become yeah. the bottleneck and then everyone blames you. I mean, this is classic, classic middleware um, 
problem, right, is the challenge you face as a middleware is if there is an issue, they will blame you, right? And yeah, so, that's true. so it's very easy because the, the tools connect to you and then you connect to the data. Um, you are always a bottleneck, no matter what. And the second problem with that design paradigm is because if you look at like classic data virtualization, um, it worked in its time. And people say, okay, we federate out queries, we bring it into a caching layer, and then we'll work through whatever we need to do, whether it's master data management, we need to do policy, et cetera. The problem is that's only good if you have like a clear set of data. But when you're talking about petabytes of data and anyone that's worked with data scientists, you tell me if there's a pattern in their queries, because generally I just see select star from all. So it's just give me everything. And <laughs> that's I'll true. Out, that's right? very true. I'll figure you just give me all the data, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, ah, oh, that doesn't work. Um, there's like, you know, countries like China that are just not okay with giving away everything. So um, when you get into that paradigm, the problem is, is it just breaks down very quickly because of the sheer size of the data, as well as just all the rules and policies around it, right? So the challenge is the number one lesson we learned is proxy won't work normal virtualization. You have to natively embed into that cloud compute infrastructure to make it work, right? Oh, so that's interesting. natively in Databricks, natively in Snowflake, natively in Synapse, et cetera, et cetera. So you kind of took a different approach to this. Instead of putting abstraction layer on top of these different tools um, in the operational mode, you put the abstraction layer um, kind of on the policy side. So now I write a general policy that can apply across all these different tool sets. Correct, correct. Because the uh, policy- Interesting. And the policy is only as good as the ability to audit it. Think of it as like evidence, right? So it's, it's like chain of evidence. I'm gonna go into court someday. I have to prove I wrote this policy, it worked appropriately, this person either complied or did not comply with it. And I can prove that across all of my compute infrastructure. That's the key. So the, the thing is with modern data governance is one, it's scaling policy, but then two, it's unifying audits because of the level of complexity of who, how many people are doing so many things with data, you need to dramatically simplify the audit of that policy. Otherwise it's just impossible to know whether or not you complied. Uh, that, that's really interesting. I don't think people really catch that a lot of times because when I think of data governance, I am thinking of um, data security and protection more than I'm thinking auditability and compliance, mm -hmm. right? And that maybe that's because of the world that I've lived in in the past, but the auditability and compliance actually feed into security as well. So absolutely. No one wants to go in front of a congressional hearing and not have pretty easily <laughs> usable audit logs, right? Of what yeah, that, that is true. Yeah. That is very true. <laughs>So you mentioned scalability. So it is it, and you mentioned that we have to span across multiple tools. So is this kind of a unifying this data governance concept? I can unify multiple data warehouses or data lakes um, with one global or a set of global 
um, policies, uh, data governance policies with this concept. Is that? That's, that's the key, right? Is, is gotcha. I, when I, I think about policy, right? I think of three types of policies. There's operational policies on my data. Who can access it? When can they access it? Why can they access it? Because that's our operational rules in this business, right? right. Um, marketing doesn't need to have access to HR data. Right? There's no regulation per se, usually that oversees that or contractual obligations. Just operationally, we have good policy on that. Right? Right. Then there's contractual. Hey, I'm working with these other vendors. Right? I'm an American Express card um, on my loyalty cards business. Let's just say, you know, Neiman Marcus doesn't need to see Nordstrom data, right? And vice versa, right? Um, there's probably good contractual reasons for that. And then there's regulatory, right? There's actual laws out there that says this is the standards you have to have, right? So like if I need to comply with HIPAA. Um, so you have three types of like what I would consider strong policies for modern organizations. The question is, is if I have to, let's, let's go to a, a case here um, where, you know, let's talk about, gosh, I don't know, um, you know, Cummins is a good example. Uh, old school company, right? Um, modernizing the cloud. Uh, if they have to, for every market, one of their engines exists, they have to write a custom rule of, well, this as long as you're in this country, but I have to write a rule for every country you're not in, you can't see it, right? Like that doesn't scale when you're talking about tens of thousands of data sources where the scheme is constantly changing, petabytes upon petabytes of telemetry from these engines. It just doesn't make sense, right? You want to write, all right, you can only see this data for the country that you reside in once. And then it applies everywhere across everywhere. the global gotcha. data infrastructure, right? Um, but that's not the way it's done. So you're writing like on average 700 policies for a data object where it should only be one rule. No, no, I, I get, I, I think I understand it. You're, you're kind of in a really tough spot when you think about it. I have number of data sources exploding. I also have number of policies, regulations um, exploding as well. And when you throw all those together, like you were mentioning, just keeping up with that on each data source would be unwieldy. I, you'd be out of compliance all the time. You, you can't, you can't, because the other problem is this. I mean, how many data engineers have you met? Real ones? Yeah, real data engineers. Uh, none. None. Okay. Well, because well, well, they got, they, you know, what happens, it, it happened way back when um, they first started doing um, DevOps. Yeah. It was the developer that knew um, Linux mm -hmm. system commands. And he ended up in, you know, yeah. same things happening with the data engineers. It's a data scientist that also knew some sysadmin stuff and he yeah, got, they, he got wow. a, a hat. Right. And, yep. And how old, how old are, you know, like the way I would say it is like, Think about how old these folks are, right? The average age. They're in their 20s, young, like early 30s, right? This is a new domain. It's a new job. New, yeah, absolutely. Right? It's all new. They don't have 20, 30 years of working in financial services and how these rules work, or they're old curmudgeon in the Intel community and they know how DNI is going to push policy down and, and interpret it into code. They're new. And so the problem is they don't know how to interpret. I call it what was the data engineer? They have no clue how to interpret the law and put it into logical code that can scale. Right? Well, are there are there many people that know how to do that? 
I, I don't, I mean, like, listen, if you can find me any lawyers that can, can actively write code, I will hire them on the spot. So I don't want anyone on this podcast listening to think you can beat me to that. But um, I, I, I think, no, it's, 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 it's not, not only is it not possible, it's not responsible, right? Because the right. second thing that's happening, there's this big trend right now of globalization. Never before in the world has it been easier to globalize a company than today. I would right? agree. I, yes, I totally agree. I mean, it is now, it, it's on average, most startups are looking to sell globally. Yeah. Right. And so the way I see policy happening is it's not a killer app. It's not like an app where I can make these policies and all of a sudden it just works is this is part of the new global infrastructure. Our customers expect us to be able to run as infrastructure globally across any cloud they should be able to operate in any cloud, move their data in any cloud, and be in full compliance instantaneously. I really, I really love the concept, um, and and I like what you guys did by not being the proxy, um, because it takes you out of out of the performance loop, which I think is great. But here, here's a question I have then. Mm-hmm. I still, I, I'm guessing there are still a lot of policies that I'm going to have to write as a consumer of your product. Yeah. Right. Or do you guys have some canned compliance packages like a HIPAA compliance package mm-hmm. where, hey, patient ID data blacked out? Yeah. Right. I mean, I because. Mean, I, I have dealt with some other companies that did like compliance, not with data. They did it with machine infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And I could go buy a, a HIPAA compliance package for, for my infrastructure side. Or I could go buy a, a PCI compliance um, for my infrastructure. Is that something that you see is viable in this space or for data? Or is data just too complex and I can't, I can't do that? Um. Yeah, it's a great question because it's very valid. There's there's two things that are always impediments to success, right? To our time to value. The first is how do I just get all my data in there and understand it? Because there's just so much of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've built things like um, data classifiers. And so we're tagging data so you're, you can discover things about it, but it's mostly around applying rules to the data through tags versus using the raw data because each domain has their own jargon about how they took talk about their data and classify it, right? So we've generically started classifying and tagging it. So that way you could apply templates. And and so, you know, um, we do have uh, general concept templates like HIPAA and uh, what used to be CCPA and GDPR, et cetera. But we have a long way to go as well. Um, Those are not foolproof. Um, You need to understand how you're applying what we call a global policy. Um, you know, our vision, or at least my vision, as long as I'm CEO, I get to have some say, um, it is, you know, how do we get to a state where uh, domains can potentially share their policies, right? Um, healthcare, if I'm Pfizer and I want to work with Moderna, um, which there's probably a dang good reason to do that hey, we can share our policies on how we handle real-world data controls with academia, 
right? Um, and we can agree on how we're going to do that. So we have consistent policy across that. That's where our company is going is this concept of like a policy cloud where people can start sharing and crowdsourcing their policy based on their domain because it's the right thing to do. Oh, I, I love that concept. I, I, think, I think it's brilliant because it's, it's, com it's very complex. Very. And it's domain specific, right? Yeah, so yeah, very domain specific. You can, and, and I participated in these things in the government, the US government, right? And I can't tell you how many meetings, uh, you know, I've sat in where we try to create a single ontology of our data, right? Um, you can't, can you? And it's not possible, right? So if you can remove that and you say, hey, like we can scan the sensitive stuff in there, like don't worry about it. We're machine learning in the cloud has gotten so good. Like Microsoft has a PI service, Google does as well. Um, there's ways where we can scan our data, tag it for direct and indirect identifiers to privacy. Um, so that doesn't matter. What matters is, hey, generally when we see PI or PHI or whatever, if I'm Pfizer or Moderna, hey, we generally, this is generally the policy we would apply to it and we come to an agreement then any other pharmaceutical or, you know, let's just say healthcare provider, et cetera, wants to leverage that, they can pull it down. That's where our vision is. That's where we're going. Because we want to make that policy inheritance super easy. But also, like, this is the other thing I tell people is there's nothing, like, you're not going to have a competitive advantage by using a muta. If I'm two banks using a muta, you don't get a competitive advantage using us, right? Like, the thing about a data governance is, and this is, you just can be honest with yourself is this like consistency is better right if we all have the same policy on this the regulators are going to say well no one was negligent you know right no no that makes sense that, that makes a lot of sense thank you for listening to embracing digital transformation today if you enjoyed our podcast Give it five stars on your favorite podcasting site or YouTube channel. You can find out more information about Embracing Digital Transformation at embracingdigital.org. Until next time, go out and do something wonderful.